Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts, and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me See Me podcast. And um, to put in context, I had a salon for 30 years. And the amount of times a client would say, when you're sweeping up and a big pile of hair, what could you do with all that? You, you know, you could fill a mattress with that. And then I did hear some years ago that it's one of the best natural things to soak up oil. And then, uh, but it was probably the, 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 it was not practical to gather it. And then I saw, when I saw this, um, recently, the Green Salon Collective, uh, I was blown away. And my God, there is someone actually going to manage to do this. Um, and then they breached out their support of Haircut Homeless. And so from the Green Salon Collective today, I'm going to speak to Fry Taylor. How are you, sir? Hello. Good morning. <laughs> I'm so pleased when I saw it. <laughs> 30 years of hair I could have gathered for you. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been saving up. Yeah. How, how did it all come about? Well, I mean, I would love to take all the credit for it, but it wasn't, it wasn't me personally. Um, it was an American hairdresser, Phil McCoy, and we're, and we're talking a good, must be 15, 20 years ago now. There was a big spill in America. And, um, I think he was just watching it on the TV and he was seeing these animals come out of the water with their head drenched in oil. And we all know as, as hairdressers or not even hairdressers that, that hair will absorb oil. Um, it's common knowledge, right? So he, he came up with this idea of, I wonder if this principle would still work in water. So he literally got a pair of his wife's tights and <laughs> cut them up and, um, shoved a load of hair in it and, and, and yeah, took it out to his, uh, I think he went to his bathroom and put some oil in his bath and he, he did his own little oil spill at home and he found that this hair could could absorb the oil in water. And um yeah, the difficulty was just getting the getting the hair. So eventually they um there's a charity in North America called Matter of Trust. Right. And they do a lot of um oil spill cleanups. Uh, it's just, it's a great, yeah, it's just a great way of absorbing oil from water and also from, from stopping the spread of, of, uh, oil in water. So it's been going on for a long time in other countries. And, um, myself and others, 
we were just wondering who who was doing this in in the UK and Ireland, and we couldn't. We just couldn't believe. Like we started our research into this in, last year in 2019, and we just couldn't believe no one was doing it. And it was just one of those things where um, it was just like, well, we have someone has to do it, so so why not? Yeah. So the the three of us who sort of got this project off the ground, we we do have a bit of a history with um, a background in sustainability and also a background in hairdressing, and uh, we just thought we need to yeah we need to get going. So yeah, it's a great it's a great idea. But there's there's other things you can do with it other than just oil spills. But oil spills is the uh, I guess it's the most sort of popular one. It's the one that salons like. I think um, it, it's that it's, it's just that natural use of something that's just cast aside. You can't. It's such yeah. a. It, it's it's so fulfilling, isn't it, when you come up with something that, uh, yeah. that, that makes a use of something that gets thrown away in a big scale as well. I, yeah. I, I wonder, often wonder how much gets thrown away um, a, a week out of salons. There's about thirty thousand salons, and we used to have like a, probably a bin bag full. So. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot on it on a weekly basis. Yeah, it's a it's a frightening amount that just goes into goes into landfill because from the research that we've done, there was before we before we launched, there was only a handful of salons. There was a literally a handful that had enough hair that they could use for their for their sort of home composting. Um, but the the other thirty forty thousand salons across UK and, and Ireland are just chucking it into landfill and this is the thing that is um uh this is the thing that the clients love they they love that their hair is getting a second life and it's going to cause good because like my one of my favorite things to do with the hair is is on the composting so it sounds i know it sounds a bit gross but you if you think about or if you've ever seen a compost or have your own compost where you put in your your banana skins and your avocado shells and all all your leftover sort of food scraps you can add hair to that as well and it will break down because as we learned day one of hairdressing hair is a protein it will it will break down as part of your as part of your composting the trouble is is that you need sort of industrial size composting to to get um, to get through the amount of hair that, that as an industry we we produce, so that's the big part of what what we do is the is the composting of the of the hair. Um, but we want to focus on the on the oil spill projects. And also, have you ever seen a hair mat? No. It's like um, it's almost like a doormat. You you basically this hair is um, is kind of weaved and and felted. And it produces, um, yeah, it looks looks like a doormat, but it has exactly the same effect as a as a hair boom. So you can use it for for oil spill cleanups, but it's also really good for, um, like near near where I am on the on the coast. There's lots of drains where that that stormwater or that rainwater will run off straight into into the ocean, into the sea. So you can use these hair mats that will basically just sit over the top of a of a drain covering, because obviously drain coverings like they're quite the holes are quite large, 
Yeah. And they don't need to be because they should only be letting through water. But that's why people are always losing their keys and children's oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Those those coverings that you see. Yeah. So if you were to lay a hair mat over that, um, and then come back in a week's time, the amount of crap, the amount of of plastic and rubbish that that thing has trapped from going directly out into the, to the ocean is is crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's just so much you can do with hair, and um, and no one was doing it. So, so that's our goal, to give this hair a, a second life and, uh, and try and try and do something positive with it. I mean, it's particularly poignant at the moment because just that, you know, unfortunately, uh, Mauritius has just had that massive um, oil spill. Yeah. I think already like 20% of its cargo has already like gone into the sea. Mm. There's people out there manually just trying to save... Animals mm-hmm. and wildlife, but it's just mm-hmm. the numbers. I, I can't remember my hand, but I know that the, the amount of the thousands and thousands of tons that this whole bin, mm-hmm. it, it's just incredible. And you can see the aerial view of it just going into the sea. Yeah, it's frightening. I think it's. I think it was something like a thousand tons, wasn't it? Of, of yeah. oil. Yeah, yeah. There's, I think there's five thousand tons on there or something, and it's really mm-hmm. bad. The bleak. It, mm. it, it's just in, like the devastation of it, but um, uh, so it's, it's crucial to have that that type of thing there. So, what, would that be something that? I mean, it's, it's, uh, I presume one of the other charities nearer to the area will be helping with that. Yeah, well, they're using. Um, I mean, the hair booms were, are being used there, but it's it's only a very small part of the of the cleanup operation. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, they're using things like straw, uh, like straw booms, which have a similar effect, but most, mostly they're using the sort of traditional plastic type booms from, from what I can make out. But when it comes to, when it comes to oil spills, um, they actually happen almost every day, but they're just not on a, not on a massive scale like that we see now. Obviously the big right. ones get the press, but you could just be a tiny little fishing boat and, you know, you run into the rocks um, and, you you know, you've caused your own spillage and it's not a huge disaster like what we're seeing, but if these little fisher boats had, had their own booms and they can clean yeah. up their own... I'm just talking about one, one guy going out fishing, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's many different ways that we can... The, that we can use the booms and it doesn't just have to be in a in a massive disaster like this it's obviously you want to help out when it's when it's big things like this but it can just be you know uh yeah small small fishing boats or or small sort of commercial boats and there's you know there's hundreds and thousands of those all, all over the uk and ireland mm. Mm. i mean that we said even about the drains and that you know, rather than try and clear it up once it gets in the ocean, it's prevention rather than cure then, isn't it? it exactly, it, yeah. 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 Exactly. So these are all um these are all things that we're that we're working on at the moment. But we we're very new. We we just launched well, we actually launched the week of the lockdown. <laughs> that was right. our official launch week. So it was a good timing. Yeah. <laughs> probably the worst ever launch in hairdressing. <laughs> Because we had hundreds of salons, literally hundreds yeah. of salons on the phone saying, this is brilliant, we're signing. Yeah. And then, yeah, then it all happened. Yeah. So yeah. we relaunched, um, we really just relaunched when the salons opened in, in England. Yeah. It was only over a month, just over a month ago now, wasn't it? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it's a month um, for it. 
Yeah, but we've been working on it for a long time because the thing is, is that when it comes to when you when you try and shift your business to to become more sustainable or more ethical, and you're looking at what's going on in your salons, the the, the worry of a lot of salons is is the cost involved in that. So it was really important for us to to make it affordable for salons. So everything that we do, whether it's the um, the colour and bleach recycling or or the the hair recycling, the metal recycling, it all comes down to this one pound green fee. Mm. Because essentially what, what salons do is that they charge their clients say a one pound or, or two pound or one euro, depending on where they are, green fee, and that will cover all of the that will cover all of the costs of everything that we do. And that's what mm. That's what the guys do in in America. So there's there's other companies that do do like what we do. So originally, there's one in America, there's one in New Zealand, there's a couple in in Australia, and yeah, they all do the same thing. They all charge a a, a two or three um, dollar green fee, and then yeah, and you'll be you'll be surprised because, like you know, as a hairdresser, how how often did you put your prices up in your salon? Hairdressers have this fear of of money, yeah. don't yeah. they? We generally, yeah, yeah. I mean, I broke out of that. <laughs> it was years and years ago. I went to Charles Worthington was there doing yeah. education for L'Oreal, and um, I, you know, and he, he, he just he was his partner at the time, Adam Peters, was just a real. Charles was the hair, and Adam was the, the business side, mm. and he just enlightened it so much about you've got to have focus on profit and all these things mm. uh, and it's surprising how many how many British hair salons don't know the bottom line um, mm. and things like that and, and literally they turn out it's that whole thing of turnovers vanity and profit sanity uh, yeah. you, you can be taking 10 grand a week and, and if you're out going to 9,999 <laughs> you really ain't working for, for, mm. <laughs> you're not going to earn any money so uh, it, it was important, and I sort of came back very early doors of, of the uh, uh, late 80s, early 90s, and sort of doubled my prices overnight. <laughs> <laughs> Lost lots of clients, and yeah, so I wouldn't advise to double your prices, but yeah, a continuous sort of small increase, because everything goes up, doesn't it? And yeah. I, I do agree with you that people, you know, hairdressers, I don't know why, but they seem... Um, price-wise shy um, mm. but um, I'm sure that most in this climate how educated people are wouldn't mind mm. most people wouldn't mind a couple of you know a couple of pound green fee I'm sure you know no. they'd, they'd welcome it I would think most clients I would, I would have thought they really do I mean I know from I mean there's three or four thousand salons in America on on this type of program and they all charge a two or three dollar uh, green green fee in the same in Australia, and living in Australia and working for one of those companies out there, I would speak to the clients in the salons, and and sometimes they they want to give more. Sometimes they want to give five ten dollars because they they believe in the cause. It's just sometimes the challenge is getting that message across to the to the hairdressers. But what I found recently that's been really positive is that. All of these salons now are charging a, well, a lot of them are charging a PPE fee, and sometimes they're charging like three, four, five pounds for a PPE fee, and um, and they're doing it. The, the good thing about this is they're doing it very confidently. They're saying, well, look, 
I'm, I'm doing this now. This is part of my business. So we have to pass the cost on. And that's exactly what we want to see with, with the green fees is that, look, it's, it's a pound and this is why it's a pound because your hair is going to, to grow food. Your, your foil is going to be recycled. Your, your chemicals and your plastics are all going to be recycled. Is that worth a pound? Well, of course, of course yeah. it's worth a pound, you know? Um, so it's been really great to see, to see so many, Salons do that and, and take that on board. It's a great talking point as well. You know, it's mm-hmm. a great, it's a great um, thing to talk about. It's a great, um, like, positive to the, for the salon, isn't it? That we're doing this, exactly, and we're yeah. socially aware. You know, um, yeah. we're doing we're doing uh, in salon training sessions now, so we will, um, yeah, we'll get as many salons together as they as want to, and we'll, we'll do like a session on Zoom and. I'll talk yeah. them through, like, you know, how, how we do the hair booms and the mats and all the recycling, and then they'll have all that information that they can then, they can then pass on to their clients. And, it, and it's um, some salons are really smart. You know, they really take the education on board. They're on the program for the right reasons, but they're using it to actually increase their business and make more money because yeah. suddenly they're the, the only salon in town who is a, who is a true sustainable salon. Because yeah. It's very easy to say I'm a sustainable salon because, you know, I've got I've changed my light bulbs and I've got eco heads which are which are brilliant. But there's more to it than that. You know, you need to look at, yeah. especially when it comes to the waste. You need to to look at that. So there's there's lots of salons that are, <clears throat> yeah, they're out there in their in their town saying, look, we're the, we're the leaders here and. They're doing a good thing, but they're being rewarded for it as well because now they're getting new clients come to their salon because of because of their their ethics with their when it comes to their waste. Yeah, more so than ever. Um, you you've got great hairdressers out there um, really shouting about sustainability. Um, mm-hmm. Ashley Hodges was on our um, podcast. And, yeah, and she's you know she's. Um, head educator for Davinez and that and she's mm-hmm. got a sustainability year program where she's you know her and her husband Matt brilliant they're like each month they're doing one more sustainable thing so that by the right. end of the year they've done 12 different changes to their that's their personal life and yeah. Salons could do the same you know uh, yeah. well, mm-hmm. with your help you've done the work for them so so many things that uh, you, you've already laid out from haven't you yeah there's, there's lots of little things that that salons can do because we we worked um, with this other company called uh, Rachel from the Limonatelli. I can never pronounce it properly, um, but you can find her on on the links on our Instagram and stuff. And, and she's a sustainability advisor, and, and she helped us put together a little book called the Green Bible. Right. And the Green Bible is going to be the basis for our accreditation. And yeah, essentially the Green Bible covers a few different aspects um, of what salons sort of should and shouldn't be doing, not not just their recycling. Because there's, there's little things that you wouldn't even think about, like, for example, um, so, for example, if I mean, all salons serve tea and coffee, right? Yeah. But there's a huge difference in the amount of greenhouse gas emissions that you would produce if you were using, like, a traditional dairy cow's milk versus if you were using an an oat milk or, or a soy milk. Right. So if you like, um, so if you're a salon, so I've worked this out the other day. So if you're a salon and you're going through, say, 200 mils 
of of milk, which you, which you could quite easily do with all the all the teas and coffees and that kind of thing that go on. If you're serving oat milk, as, as an example, um, and you're doing this twice or more a day with your your 200, 200 mils of oat milk, in terms of like your your greenhouse gas emission that you're putting out there, that is the equivalent of driving a regular petrol car from somewhere like Newcastle to Southampton, like a good 300 miles. Really? Seems quite a lot. But if you are using a regular cow's milk and you're using the same amount, in terms of your footprint and your, your greenhouse gas emissions, that's like driving from Newcastle um, past Southampton all the way down through France into northern Italy. Really? Yeah. The, the difference is, is staggering because um, it just takes a lot more energy, a lot more, a lot more water uh, to make something like a, like a dairy of cow's milk versus, a, versus an oat milk. It's crazy. It takes something like 50 litres to make a litre of oat milk, but it takes over 1,000 litres to, to make a 1,000 litres of water to make a litre of, of dairy milk. That's nuts. I, and I'm, I'm staggered. And, you've, and, you, and you have salons that will use eco heads, which are which are excellent because they will they cut the amount of water you use in your in your basins by something like sixty, something like sixty percent, sixty five percent. Yeah. If you work that out per shampoo, I think you are saving about. 10 to 20 liters, which is which is amazing. Like every, every salon should should have these types of taps in there. Yeah, the eco shower heads. Yeah. So you have salons that will save 20 liters of water with their shower heads, <laughs> but they could potentially save an extra 950 liters just by changing the milk that they serve with their yeah. coffee. Yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's really interesting once you start to sort of dig a bit deeper into what what salons are what salons are doing, especially salons who sort of market themselves as sustainable salons. And you speak to them and you say, well, "What what milk do you use? Like, how do you serve your your sugar and your your biscuits?" And they all come in plastic wrappers and you know. Yeah, I know. So I'm thinking straight away. You know, as you're saying it, you know. Um, years and years of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the yeah. trouble, the thing and is, the bowl it's, of sugar cubes, you know, because all the other ones are in these little plastic, little paper tubes yeah. and that. Yeah. yeah. It's difficult. It's difficult. And we don't, we don't want to, like, we don't want to preach to, to salons or sort of lecture salons. We, no. we just want to sort of educate salons and say, look, uh, you know, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Because a lot of what salons do is, is just at a surface level. And they're great things. The taps are great, the towels are great, you know, offering refills and shampoos, they're all great. They're all they're all good things, but there's there's other things and that's and that's what um that's part of what we're about is sort of helping to to educate salons on, on what they're doing. And it's really interesting because when you as a salon, when you fully immerse yourself into into this recycling system, you start to think about what you're doing at home. And then suddenly at home you you're starting to to change your to change your habits because you'll get um like I remember talking to a girl in a salon and she uh, she always drinks um, 
always drinks Coke. She always drinks like Coke and Pepsi and these, these fizzy things um, in, in a can. So it's not in the plastic bottle, but it's in the can. And we were talking about hairdressing foil because a single piece of hairdressing foil, well, do you know how many times a single piece of hairdressing foil can be recycled? No. You know? No. Well, most people would guess, oh, you know, one or two, three or four. It can be recycled forever. A single piece of hairdressing foil, no matter how dirty it is, can be recycled forever. And you'll never lose any of that foil. You'll always get the same amount. So um, we were talking about this, and um, she was talking about how she always drinks a can of Coke, and uh, she always puts it in the bin outside the salon. And she was complaining that she always sees them lying around on the floor and... Um, uh, you know, it's, you know, because they're on a beach and it's really bad for the environment, blah, blah, blah. But she was putting her can in the bin and she thought that she was doing the right thing. Because generally, if you're walking down the street and you've had a can of Coke and you chuck it in the bin, you think you're doing the right thing. But when you think about it, um, the can, the aluminium can, is the same as an aluminium piece of hairdressing foil. It can be recycled forever. And what we're constantly doing with our foil is just putting it into a general waste bin, just like this girl was with her can, where she was putting it in a general waste bin. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means that that foil is going to go to landfill. It's going to go to a big hole in the ground, and it's going to take about three or 400 years for it all to break down. All the chemicals that are on the foil are all going to break down and then get into the environment as well. Um, and yeah, it's just all about uh, all about education. So now every time she drinks a can of Coke, she puts it in a recycling bin and not yeah. in a general waste bin. And every time they use foil in their salon, they um, yeah they they give it to a sustainability program that can actually actually recycle it. So you're not saying clean the foil and use it again. You're saying mm-hmm. put it into the recycling. We can recycle it. Yeah, we right. can. So um, hairdressing foil is is a real like. It's heartbreaking when you think about it. Um, the University of Southampton, uh, Denise from the University of Southampton, she did a study and she worked out that 1% of hairdressing foil UK-wide gets recycled. 1%. So, so the other 99% covered in chemicals goes, goes to landfill. Now, like we just said, hairdressing foil can be recycled forever. So why... Do we have a situation where we've got an item that can be recycled forever, um, but it's just not being recycled? The reason being is that hairdressing foil, it's, it's always dirty and, and, con- and contaminated, and, and that's where the issue comes in. And there's a bit of a myth that you, that you can't recycle dirty and contaminated foil, um, and, and you completely can. So... The way that it works with us is that salons will have a bin that's just for their metals. So you put in your foil, you don't need to clean it. You put in your cans, hairspray cans, Coke cans. Um, you put in your empty color tubes, and then we're able to 100% re- recycle those. And even fantastic. And even make a little bit of money out of it too, because it's a yeah. it's a um, it's a resource. Like you know, like if you see people who've had gold rings and um, they want to change the style of their gold ring and they they get it melted down and, and turned into a new style, you lose a bit of that value of the gold. You don't come out with quite as much as what you meant went in with. Um, 
with with hairdressing foil, that's not the case. The the same amount that goes in is the same amount that comes out. It's incredible. Yeah. So this isn't um, the the funny thing or, or the frightening thing, depending on how you look at it. This isn't like a new technology that's, that's come about. Salons in America have been doing this for over ten years, mm. um, and this is partly why we were like, okay, we need to do something here. Uh, it's it, got to be done. It's, <laughs> it, and it's ninety. You've got so the thing is the way to look at it. it there's a ninety nine percent of all of this stuff is an opportunity. Yeah. You know, there's that 99% opportunity there. Yeah. You know. And we want, we want to really, um, we want to really shout about this as an industry. Mm. What happens is that when all of the foil or hair, whatever it is, comes back to us, it gets weighed. So we know exactly how much we've, we've saved from landfill. Um, and part of our name being Green Salon Collective is that we can have a collective industry total. So every year we can say that we've diverted, you know, hundreds of kilograms or, or, or hopefully tons and tons of, of kilograms. But also the salon will be awarded their own individual footprint where we would have recorded that they've done, you know, 70, 80 kilograms of, of waste diverted or, or whatever it may be. So, uh, and again, that comes down to, to supporting the business because then they can use that to market their business because the salon next door has probably put 70 or 80 kilograms of, of metal into the ground, whereas this one on our program has actually actually recycled it and turned it into new aluminium products. And this is where, this is where we link back rounds to, to like you guys with um, haircuts, for the, haircuts for the Homeless and the Hair and Beauty Charity because when we, when we make little bits of money with, with selling those waste materials or raising money from recycling those waste materials, mm. then that money is what is going to go back to, to you, you know, for, for haircuts for the homeless, for hair beauty yeah. charity, for food cycle, and, and also for, for tree planting as well. Amazing. And, it, you know, the, the thing is, is what, what we need to achieve is the tipping point, isn't it? Mm. And I found out even when we, you know, when I, because I started, I started on my own just, you know, doing one, one centre in Romford near where I live and when I started mm. doing it, same yeah. as you, because it was on the, on the back of seeing someone else, you know, there's a guy in America doing it, Mike Bullock's an amazing thing. Yeah. Uh, and at that time, there weren't really anyone doing it, especially in, in where I, you know, like where I am. And yeah. uh, you just go off and do it, didn't you? And it was suddenly like, the first, you probably really relate to this, the first sort of part of the first couple of years was knocking on doors mm. and try, you know, and I remember got, like ringing sort of uh, homeless centres and saying, like, yeah, we want to come along and cut, cut you guests here. Yeah. It's like, what, what do you want to do that for? You know, it's almost <laughs> like, what do you mean? What, you want to cut, what, you want to get haircut? What, I don't understand, you know, it's all this yeah. sort of thing. And yeah. it weren't until gradually the word got out and then lucky for us, we was on the National Lottery TV advert and that's when mm. it really hit. And then you mm. get this tipping point, all of a sudden you're not knocking on doors, they're knocking on your door. Mm. And it's that thing, isn't it? It's that all of a sudden you, you get to the point you don't have to explain it anymore. Mm. And I think that would be great for Green Sun Collective is just that, you know, once you, once you hit sort of 10,000 yeah. of the salons, the yeah. other 20 hopefully will follow, isn't it? It's like, because we're all sheep, aren't we, bless us? We all... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
that's the biggest thing for, for us at the moment is yeah. getting the name out there because yeah. you know we we've spoken to we've spoken to hairdressing trade magazines and unless unless you want to pay them a lot of money um, yeah. they're just not interested in in writing about us which is which is unfortunate so we rely on at the moment we're relying on word of mouth and we've got people like um Kai Wilson and Adam yeah. Reed and, and, yeah. and you know these these are all yeah. really well established yeah. names and they they've sort of taken on this role as a what we call a green libertine so they're out there posting about us and talking about us and yeah. and that, that's helping and we're, we're talking to lots of product companies as well because they're starting to to understand what we're doing and, and they want to get involved but but yeah, it's hard, isn't it, when you're first when you're first sort of launching into into a new space. How how long have you been doing the the haircuts for the homeless? Did you say five years? Five years. Yeah, I started in November 2014, mm. um, and at that point, it was really um, the only the only person I knew doing it was this guy Mark Bustos in America. Um, yeah. But there again, I, I, it, it it came off the back of something else. I was um, I was volunteering at the Salvation Army because I'm. Um, 14 years sober so I was doing these talks to yeah. the guys there you know just um, and I just saw them come along and it's that catalyst isn't it it's that mm. that moment of seeing something amazing mm. seeing the opportunity and then just going oh I can do that I'll, I'll go an hour early to do my talk mm. and I'll cut some hair uh, okay. and it just flows from that and it's people but it is that tipping point it's that thing of you know pretty quickly I had close friends saying, oh, we'll, I'll come and help you. That'd be great. And you do a few pictures on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing. And, you know, your message has got to be shared the same way because it's so, I mean, you know, you've sold me on it. In I mean, you sold me just with the, the, the as soon as I saw a picture of the hair bells, you know, like mm. the booms, I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> at last. Because <laughs> I didn't know that they were already doing it in America, these other places. And yeah. Well, finally someone's doing and I, so I'd already sold but then even this chat it's all about education you know because mm. I'm I, I'll be really I'm not that greener person personally mm. yeah. but it's the people like speaking to you know I, I know Kai really well uh, Adam Ashley Hodges all these people that gradually yeah it filters into your thinking and you can't mm. not be affected by this stuff mm. because you, you can't then go home and you know and then just wantonly throw stuff away and look at single-use packaging and all. It just starts to get into you, doesn't it? It's maybe sometimes mm-hmm. slowly, but, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I, I totally agree. Because sometimes, especially with something quite big like this, it, when it comes to climate, is that you feel a bit, you can easily feel a bit helpless. Like, yeah. And you can think to yourself, well, I, I can't afford an electric car. I can't. I can't afford no. to, you know, to buy this over this, and that's why, that's why it's really important that we've packaged everything into this one pound green fee, um, yeah. and that's why we packaged it as, look, we're we're a collective. You you might be working on your own in in Cornwall, but that doesn't matter because there's there's hundreds of other people like you too, and and as, as a team and as a group and as a gang, we we will have uh, a massive impact on on salmon waste and it's really exciting to see like you, you've seen our Instagram we've we've only um, we only started it in October November and there's a couple of two and a half thousand people on it and these, these yeah. people are actually excited about a bin like yeah. we're, we're excited about 
about bin bags. You know what I mean? Because yeah. You you look at it and um, like I've shown people pictures and they're like, why are they why are they holding bin bags up like that? Why are they like celebrating rubbish? And I was like, well, because it's not just a, a bin bag. This is this is a movement, and these guys are are the early adopters of it, and, and we're we're going to change we're going to change the face of hairdressing. It's really it's really exciting, I think. And um, yeah, yeah, people like you said, people get very excited about the hair booms, but that's um, that's only just one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the most exciting thing really is the is the foil thing. They just, mm. the, you know, the, the the bin bags and bin bags of foil, especially in a busy car salon. You know, like, yeah. as yeah. you say, everyone can do their thing. You know, even mm. if it if it is a, a one man band, you know, like, and they can, you know, even if you're someone just turning over ten clients a week, it's still going to add up over the years, isn't it? Exactly. You know? Yeah, but, but the big chains it, they can make such a difference, and it's it's great marketing potential. Like yeah. everything's marketing, isn't it? So, yeah. it, it, you know, like any any shrewd person will market their difference. That's um, right. It's it's better for their business if they join us because they'll get they'll get new clients. They'll get a point of difference. Uh, it's good for the staff because they they have something new and they they feel like they're a part of something. And yeah, the clients. The clients all love it as well. So we, yeah, we've we've just started with the hair and the metal recycling, and the the next thing that we're moving on to because we want it to be a bit more of a sort of gradual journey for the salon is that we've um, we've got salons at the moment who are trying our gloves, which are made from from plants basically. Um, right. So hairdressers, you know, we all use these latex and vinyl gloves, and they. You know, you just can't. It's just too difficult to to recycle those. But we found these. Um, we found a way of. We have these gloves that are made from basically from corn and, and sugar, and um, we've got about fifty or so salons trialling them at the moment. And yeah, yeah, the feedback has been has been really positive so far. Um, and they they're even talking to their clients about it, saying, look, normally we use these these latex gloves, but. These are new ones from Greentown Collective, and they're made from plants. and And salons, uh, salon clients really, really love these little stories of what you're doing. Like mm. they, they can't get enough of it. And and also, um, also color and bleach. This is like always a big um, bugbear of mine. Is that no matter how sort of natural or organic or low ammonia, no ammonia, how no matter how gentle your hair color and bleach is on your hair. It shouldn't be anywhere near landfill, and it shouldn't be going down your sinks and basins either. So, we will start to launch our, our chemical recycling, so we can keep it away from from landfill and and the waterways. That will that should happen from any day now, really. Uh, within within weeks, we should be ready for that, which will be again another huge stepping stone in in salon sustainability. Because if, if you imagine like um, like what what like if you imagine just like take any product company just whatever product company you use in your salon, if you went to that factory where they were making those products, and and they were seen openly pouring these chemicals into the sink, these factories would get would get massive fines. You just can't do yeah. it. But if you're a hair salon, you can do it all day long, and no yeah. one no one cares. No, it's easy. Um, so we want to work on a, a, a recycling program for this color and bleach, and 
recently I've been talking to uh, a guy called Tom from Vish. Have you ever heard of Vish? No, I haven't, no. So Vish is um, it's really clever. What happens, because when, when it comes to color, color waste in, in salons, it, it's quite frightening. If you think of all the money that you paid as a, as a salon owner, there's a good chance that 20% of all of 20 to 30% of all that color that you purchased, it didn't even make it to a client's head. It got like, I totally can get that. Yeah. Got left over. Uh, and then it, then it got chucked into landfill. I mean, that is just the most pointless use of chemicals ever. So the way that Vish works is that you, you mix up the color that you would normally mix up and you put, you put the, the color bowl on like a, like a digital I think it's almost like a like a tablet. Um, it weighs exactly what you've got, and you enter the different colours. You then apply your colour, um, and any of that leftover colour, you take it back to those scales, and it weighs what you've got left over. So, the next time you come to do that same client, you now have a an ad- adjusted formula. So instead of mixing your your sixty twenty twenty, you now only need to mix. Uh, 50, 15, 15, or, or whatever it yeah. may be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that just seems like such an excellent idea and such an easy idea as well. And that that kind of thing is going to save salons a fortune oh, in value. Yeah. It's, it's a fortune in money. It's a fortune in profit. Because the profit, mm. that's straight out of the profit. That's, mm. that's not off the top. That's right off the bottom line. And, yeah. you know, and, and also on top of that, but it's also doing so much good as well. So it's coming out of landfill. I've just, I've, I remember like being this miserable boss that I was for years. Uh, and, and, you know, that thing of banging your head on the wall at night. You mix, you know, we're mixing too much. And yeah. you see, you know, so I've done this and I, I'm, I'm feeling embarrassed even telling you, but <laughs> I've done this thing, you know, <laughs> we are trying prove a point to people yeah. and I, I'm sort of like in the staff in the stock room and I'm like not letting anyone pour it in you know every single colour what was left was going into this bowl mm. and we had this big and, and at the end of the week we did have this big bowl of tint this yeah. big like washing up bowl of all this stuff that's wasted to prove yeah. a point but then all, it, all I've done with that knowledge instead of <laughs> <laughs> was like, you know, cut down how, how much you're mixing. The rest just went back straight and then it all went in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I needed this education when I had a salon because I had like for 30 years, you know, like, and, and, but it's never too late. And this is that's, that's yeah. crucial stuff. It's such crucial stuff because, mm. A, you're just, that is your profit. I mean, mm. even if someone really, and, and it really maybe even clued up, you know, do profit share mm. with your staff. You know, like if we if we save so much profit, but you know if we you know you're talking about five salon, salon, maybe five ten grand a year. You yeah. know, like the salon will have five grand of profit, the, the staff can split the other five grand. You know, just by saving, you know, mm. your motivation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, all of that is not going in landfill. Yeah. Or in, in the in the waterway because it goes down the sink. Yeah. It goes right. in the bin and down the sink, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's not. So maybe it's the it, it's the it'd be great to team up with the um, product manufacturers mm. that they build in this education to to it because it's not their fault for providing the product. No, of course, it's no. That, that it'd be good for them to work with you to to, to filter that down 
Yeah. I know they do do that. I mean, I've had product companies that worked with me on this sort of wastage and things, but for, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really is good, would be good for them to adopt your principles at that end, you know. Yeah, well, between, between us and Vish, I think it's going to be amazing, amazing combination for salons because they have, first of all, that opportunity to, to, to stop the waste or, or certainly massively reduce the waste. Yeah. You're always going to have cases where the regrowth isn't quite as long or you didn't end up doing quite as many foils as you planned or whatever it would be. So there will be leftover color. So Vish can sort of um, be a sort of preventative measure and then we can we can pick up the, the leftover. Because you, you could have a situation where you have mixed up the perfect amount of color via Vish, but you've done a global color application. You've done it all over color. So when you go to the basin and you're doing your your emulsification, there's no reason why you can't add some water and grab a good couple of handfuls of, of that color. You, you know, literally scrape it off your client's um, head and put it, to, put it to one side. And then you've saved that color now not going down the sink and that can, that can come to us for the recycling. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully you won't get none. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's, but we're talking about human beings, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know there again any change is good change you know even mm. you know and it all starts with a small change that's um, right it, it will never get to a, a, a major change if it didn't start small um, yeah that's right. all yeah. of these things together uh, you know they, they, they can do amazing things that's right yeah so all, all, all these things this um, the, yeah the hair and the colour recycling it will all just come back to that same that same one pound so yeah, um, yeah all be- for a pound <laughs> All for a pack. Yeah. Might get a coffee for that now, don't <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? You got to put it yeah. into put it into some kind of uh, perspective, like what what you're currently paying and what what you're currently doing, and versus the value you value you get out of these. Out of these. Yeah. It's um, it's crazy. Like, you see so many times where uh, salons will will switch to different product companies to to save money, but they didn't even think about looking at you know just how much they're using and they they could have stayed with that brand that they've always loved you know they didn't need to to make yeah. it yeah yeah I mean that 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 really is where it would be good to um, you know I'm sure that the, some of the forward thinking companies are are looking at that yeah because you know if, if they mm. yeah if they, if they the more help and I've I've, I've found that, that um, if if you work with your product company you can yeah, you can generally um, like do, but you both do well. It's got to be a partnership, doesn't it? That's the thing. That's right. Yeah, we've we've spoken. Uh, we're in talks with with pretty much all the product companies. We've got things happening with with them. It's just you know what it's like with big companies. It takes a while to to tick the whole time. Yeah. yeah, all that type and of thing. And it, it's probably the same thing as me. We had so many things on the go uh, mm. this year. We was we was, we really were hitting the crest of a wave. You know, mm. like, and then crashed down. If the, the lot, everything got so many things got cancelled, and yeah. you know, we had so many exciting things going on. And you did, you, I must admit, it did, I you probably felt the same thing. It, it's almost like you're starting again. Mm. Um, but then you've got this far, and mm. you can you can get you can go again. You know, we're relaunching one. Yeah. I'm off to Milton Keynes tonight to relaunch a big one there. Mm. And, you know, we'll get there. If we if we've done it once, we'll do it again. And, and yeah. you know, it's uh, 
What are you, what are you launching in, um, in Milton King? It's one of our existing projects. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, to be honest, it's one that this, we've had this a lot where, uh, due, to, due to lockdown, uh, one of the centres isn't reopening. They found yeah. out that they can't reopen, so which is real shame for the area. Mm. So we're switching to a different because we we just go into places that are already helping homeless right. people, and we're yeah. a bolt-on service. So we're yeah. going to bolt on to another one in the area. Uh, it happens to be an evening one, so I'm going over there this evening, and uh, okay. got a great great team, the great team leader. And that's the thing; it's it's your uh, you know, like as your advocates are, so are our mm. team leaders. They they carry the message for you. Mm. If, you know, you have to find the people with the passion that you've got. Mm. You know, like with Kai and, and Adam and that, you need mm. people like that who are really kind of going to drive it with the same passion that you do. That's it. That's the most yeah. important thing. How how often do you do the the? Is it like your full time job now? The the haircuts for homeless? It's become that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, there again, that that only came before lockdown as as a sort of full time thing that came early this year. Yeah. Um, so then, it, but it was very difficult to keep. But it's funny enough in lockdown, I was. I think I was more busy than ever. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I had to watch that I weren't sort of doing too much, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, with the podcast and then with all the groups and, and maintaining them and maintaining, yeah. you know, we've got great, um, you know, we've got great sponsors and you know, keeping them updated. Um, yeah. Uh, and we took the opportunity because we've got a new sponsor, Zanote, who's an American um, mm. software company, and they're, they're actually doing a software program for us. So when we are completely open again, right. everything's going to be on like, our phones. Okay. And we can monitor all the all the work that we do. Um, yeah. You know, all, all the at the moment we've got COVID forms that we have to have, and mm. we have to have release forms for any photographs. They'll all be on there where the guests can just sort of right. tap their name on. Um, yeah, it's um, ex- exciting times. You know. <laughs> how, many, how many locations do you go to then around the UK? Fifty-seven. Do you, do you go to all? You go to all of them. Or you have other people. Yeah. Uh, well, then the idea is what you do. You then have a team leader. So right. as as you've got, you know, you, we have someone who then takes off in that area. So some it'll be someone, you know. Uh, if if we are in Birmingham, it will be a Birmingham hairdresser that will be the team leader and run that project. Right, and it's yeah. their city and it's their people, so they're as passionate as we are to, yeah. to help the people. Um, it takes someone with a bit of extra drive to be a team leader mm. um, uh, and, and a bit of experience generally, because mm. it's not a straightforward environment. It's not salon environment. Yeah, you know, everyone everyone has to be really fully qualified and experienced. Yeah, um, it's not sort of because of the nature of the. I mean, it's great. We have great fun, yeah. great atmospheres. But there are times when it is a little bit. You know, you have to have your wits about you uh, mm. and be a bit experienced. That's when your experience kicks in. Um, yeah. L'Oreal, were, sorry. Yeah. No, go on, go on. What are you saying, L'Oreal? I say L'Oreal have really been helping us. Um, they've given us. Uh, they've helped us make some training videos and. Um, uh, you know, it, that's the crucial stuff. That as a, as a small charity, we haven't got the um, infrastructure to do that. Whereas mm. people like L'Oreal and, and Zanotti, they can draw on their in-house stuff and help us mm. with that. Mm. You know, for mm. them, it's it's something they do all the time. They're always making videos and things. But for us, we would have had to got to, we would have had to go and get a studio and all these things. And they, yeah. they kindly let us come in for the day. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, um, so now we've got, if you want to be a team leader now, Brian, I can send you <laughs> a, a video and you just yeah. watch that. It, 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 it cuts out all them early questions. Yeah. You know, like that sort of, oh, if I do this, what about this? So then you, you then start the conversation at a later stage, which saves everyone a lot of time, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, um, I've, done a, I've done a few myself with, um, uh, with a company in Australia, Sustainable Salons. And we would we would do it in a literally in, in a car park. I mean, mm. obviously the weather's a bit better there, so we can we can do it out in the sun. But it's um, it can be a very positive experience for for everyone because most of these people they just um, they just want to sort of tell their story and they just want to just want to feel good and and mm. have some attention. It's not. Um, I know some people get a bit in, intimidated intimidated by by these types of situations but you know you're there as a as a team aren't you and as a as a group and and 99% of the time it's quite a positive experience isn't it for for everyone everyone every, everyone who does it you know i've just had a, a very small amount and i quite understood the situations at the time where yeah. uh, it just wasn't for them yeah so they they still sort of it's still you can't do this sort of stuff without it changing your mindset. It's exactly like what you're doing. You can't mm. work in a salon and have all these initiatives and then come home and then not notice that you've ordered yeah. this type of thing from Amazon. It's come in a big box, loads of packaging, yeah. and it's just this tiny little thing in the middle of it. Yeah. You, you start to see waste and you, start to see, and, and you start to look at all the, as you say, the milk cartons and the, all of these mm. things. And you think, well, if I'm using three of them a week, Mm. It just starts to. You, you can't unlearn this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it, ruins, it ruins your wasting. You know, it's a bit like, like you know. Once you realise uh, it's anything in life. Once you can't, you can't un. You can't. Yeah, you can't undo it, can you? Once it's in the in your head, um, yeah. in a good way. Do you across all those locations? Do you find it difficult finding the hairdressers to to attend? No. No. no? No, no, it's the hairdressers are, are amazing. It's an amazing industry. Uh, mm. It draws amazing people. They're creative. They're generous. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 it's never been a problem. Um, if anything, we, we, we was at the stage early this year where we didn't have enough. Uh, you know, we, we had a waiting list. Oh, really? We had, yeah, we had a waiting list of about 25 new, new places to open. Right. And we've got 600 volunteers, and we, we had lots and lots on the waiting list ready yeah. to start when we needed them. So, you know, it, it's all ready to go again. Um, mm. uh, we had British Beauty Papers done a brilliant, uh, Simon Emmett is, is a fantastic um, documentary maker, and he, he started doing a documentary about us. And, and we had like um, a launch for Salo, in Solo House. Um, yeah. What do you call it? A premiere, you know, the old uh, like a premiere for the film, and you know that was going to be in April. <laughs> that got cancelled. <laughs> but all of this stuff is is you know going to come about later on, and mm-hmm. um, and it's all about nice for me, you know. Yeah. Come and so you're not such a dick after all. But <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. It's incredible. I mean, you should be, I'm sure you are proud of yourself. I'm sure your family are too, because. Um, it's just uh, staggering. Just like you've you've touched literally thousands of people, haven't you? You've made yeah. made such a huge difference, and you're just getting bigger and bigger. And yeah. like you said, with big companies like L'Oreal helping you out more, and 
smaller ones like ours as well. It's, um, yeah. it's, it's people helping people. Yeah. And that's what I find. And I find that, uh, you know, this is the great thing about what you're doing. Um, it, it's people feeling that they can do something. And as you said, you said earlier that you, it's quite, it can be overwhelming. And you think, yeah. well, I can't do anything about this. And it almost makes you feel guilty. Mm. Uh, but then you're giving people the opportunity to do that small thing, yeah. you know, but leads to a massive thing. Like that mm. small thing of collecting your, your foils, that small thing of, you know, and then everyone benefits. You know, yeah. you, you use less tint, you get more profit, but also less is going into the, you know, in the, in, in the landfill, into the water systems. And, yeah, you know, all of these, it's so many, it's always works when it's win-win. You know, what we do, the, the, the client wins, you know. Someone yeah. talks to them, someone makes them feel good. They, they know they're not on their own. You know, they, you, you get people brought to tears when you show them the image, you know, like you show them that mirror and it, it, it makes them and you cry. Um, mm. You've got the, so you've got that they benefit, we benefit because we feel like we've actually got out and helped someone. Um, we've got all, the, all our own troubles and you, you help someone else, you forget your troubles, it, it, you focus on someone else for a, for a little while. Um, and, and what you're doing as well, you know, sometimes will feel like they're accomplishing something. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's all of these things is win-win. And then, yeah. you know, you, you can't go wrong. That's right, yeah, that's right. I've just stunned yeah. myself there. No, no, sorry. I've turned myself into silence. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my, my signal just went on my phone. I just lost oh, right. it. Oh, right. You thought I dropped the phone. There, there we go. I thought you were so stunned by my words that you just, <laughs> I, you was breath, you was speechless. I thought I made you, this wonderful speech I made that made you speechless. And all it was was your signal went, well, thanks for bringing me back to reality. <laughs> I was reaching for the tissue. I was trying to hold back the tears. <laughs> No, it's just a signal, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so any any so you said about expand. So, have you got any things that that you're planning to do to add to everything that you're doing? Uh, well, the next thing for us is going to be the the colour and bleach recycling, yeah. and um, and probably the glass. Um, oh, the glass, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry, I went went to comment on that because. You know, we have to get involved with that because we get through so many and it's been worrying me. It's really, oh, okay, you know, right. we come to the end of a shift and we've got, I mean, um, we've had a great thing with um, having using disposable towels and, and um, you know, simply driving great with that. Yeah. Um, but, the, you know, we're using plastic one-off um, eight gowns. Uh, we're using yeah. these, you know, so much plastic, and we've got a bag of stuff at the end of it, and yeah. gloves and everything. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, we'll have a look at that with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we can definitely um, sort of have some gloves once once they're all yeah. they're all up yeah. and running. With. Give them a go. Yeah. We just want to keep going one one step at a time. We've got a few other yeah. things that we're that we're working on, but um, but for now we're we're just sort of tackling yeah. the most Focus difficult on them now. Yeah, yeah. get the word out now, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, just uh, yeah. getting the word out, and um, yeah, anyone who doesn't already, just follow us along on Instagram, and we just yeah. just join Facebook as well. So, well, what um, I'll do, uh, yeah, it will go out hopefully um, as soon as possible, and I'll, I'll add all the links to everything on that. Yeah, so right. on, on, at the bottom of the podcast, there'll be links to everything, links to your socials and the website, and um, 
yeah, I should be chatting about it myself because I, I thoroughly believe in what you're doing. And, thank you. Um, you know, uh, thanks for taking the time today to explain it to me. And uh, I've, I've really found it interesting. Uh, genuinely, I've, 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 I've loved it. Um, mm-hmm. So good luck with everything. Good luck, good luck to the whole team. Yeah, thanks, thanks for your support as well to, to us as a charity. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Thanks, mate. Thanks a lot, Brian. Thank you. Just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling. 